welcome to Maiden Speech. My name is Monica Ferguson, portrait photographer and self-love advocate from New Zealand. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to uplift and empower you. Thanks for hanging out. Now let's get into it. Good morning, Miss Martine Carroll. I'm so good morning. I'm so stoked to have you here. I was um, I was thinking about you this morning in the shower. That's what I do before a podcast. Think about people. Of course you were. Um, <laughs> and I, was I just had to turn the heater off. It made me all hot. <laughs> wow, that was record timing. Record timing. Um, and I was thinking about there. Are, there are many, many reasons why I'm so excited to have you talk today. And the first one, I think the biggest, the biggest attraction to you is the energy and the vibrancy that you have for life. And I was laughing to myself and I was thinking, but anyone who knows you knows that you're 19, right? How long have you been 19 for though? That's the question. And I was thinking, quite a long time, actually. But I love this about you because like when we say you're 19 you actually have the energy the excitement the vibrancy and I know that your journey to get to that place of really like embracing life and living that way has been a massive thing and this is what I'm so excited for you to talk to about you know and, and not of of this aging thing that we go through and that we we think oh you get to a certain point you've got a it's all downhill from here you know all of that sort of thing so yeah before I start like rambling my house and you are thank you so much for being here <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's totally my pleasure. I was really excited um, about this. I was all geared up for it last week, and then we had to reschedule. And so it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good things take time. <laughs> yeah. So clarification on the 19 thing. Um, I am 58 years old and proud to be that. Uh, but yeah, the 19 thing, people think that I say I'm 19 because I've got an issue with my age. I so don't. But who wants, like, I'm not ready to, some people marry an age to a stage. Yes. And I think youth and vibrancy are eternal if you decide that they are. So 19 is about attitude, like what you said, about vibrancy, about living life, about, you know, remember when you were 19, whether it was a crap time in your life or not, it still was energy and excitement and looking forward to the future and you felt so mature. Do you remember that at 19? You felt so mature and you think that you know it all and like, you know, really, we're just still cutting the umbilical cord, really, aren't we? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what, that's what it is about for me. It's about not buying into a stage where you trade in your mini skirt and your bling for a twin set of pearls. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yes. Well, you're showing your age now, all right? <laughs> What's a twin set of pearls? <laughs> Google it, Google it. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so what would be awesome would be just to clarify for everyone who doesn't know you, what you do for a living? I make people healthier and happier. Well, actually, I'm, I'm a personal trainer. I've been in the fitness industry for 30 years, which everybody is amazed at because I'm only 19. Um, <laughs> so I, so I, I work with people um, you know, coming into the fitness industry, I started my, my career in uh, group fitness, so teaching aerobics, and um, I loved it, because music is my thing, and that's something that we have in common, and I love to dance. Moving to music takes you to another place, like when I, I go to a dance class every Friday night, and um, there's not a lot of 58-year-olds that, that go in, but there's a lot of 19-year-olds, so that's good, um, but... 
when I have music around me or when I'm dancing or moving my body, it transports me to a place where everything's perfect in me. Can you understand that? I don't know if anybody else will, will yeah. resonate with it. That's what it does with me. And, you know, when, like 30 years ago, um, I was not the energetic, vibrant person that I am today, or positive either, actually. I was a total cow. Well, not all the time, but, you know, I had times. This is um, learning to be who you really are. First, you need to become who you aren't, and then find out that you really don't like it, and then work your way back to who you really are. Yeah, and if there's anybody that's younger or maybe going through that journey now, to inspire them to read books, listen to podcasts, get out of that funk as quickly as you can because it sucks to be there. Sucks to be there. Yeah. So, um, so now what I do, I'm more into movement education now because being in the industry as long as I have been, um, you know, what we did in pounding our bodies and as you get older, uh, things change in your body, hormones, um, what you've done previously in movement, maybe the body's not moving properly anymore. So I get right down to basics, right into the crux, get things switched back on, get people moving away from pain. And if weight loss is their thing, then we do it. But we define why we're doing it. Because, yeah. you know, yes, people hear you're a personal trainer and they immediately start talking about their weight. Or I have people who avoid me at the supermarket because they don't want me to see what's in their trolley. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, they don't worry about my trolley where I've got wine in there. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? So it's like, for me, it's all about no judgment. It's about playing. It's about teaching and educating people how their bodies work. And, um, and, and so that they're aware of how their bodies work, what impact exercise and nutrition has on that and on your mindset. Uh, that way, it's easier to make the decisions. You don't feel like you're giving anything up because you're not. You're choosing to move forward to, to, to do things for your body and with your body that are going to make you feel amazing. It's incredible. I just slammed the table then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this too because I feel like this is a massive point of difference for you is that your approach, it feels like, easy like in terms of and I know there's of course there's discipline and there's work and getting up at 5 a.m and whatever but um but in terms of the mindset around it it's like it comes it always comes from that place of I love myself I'm good enough I deserve to do this for myself as opposed to I have to do it because um when I lose this much weight I'll be more attractive and I'll be better and people will like me more and I'll be worthy of things you know and I, I think that's a massive point of difference is between you and, and your approach which is looking at the whole person and the, their whole life and like yeah why do you want to do this for yourself and because there's so much more to it it's like I feel like we're very similar in the sense that we have our you know profession but there's actually that's just like the step in the door right? it's actually we're dealing with the same things underneath which is that lack of self-worth, that lack of love, the not feeling good enough, that all of that stuff. And that's why I'm, yeah, I'm so excited and for the topic today that we're discussing because yeah, it's massive, massive. It is massive. It is massive. And I think it's become so big that it's overwhelming to people. And so what happens is, is, is it freezes them. And, and so they do nothing because that's what we do. And I do it. Yeah, this is a constant and never-ending journey for me. You know, people come to see me and they say, oh, you know, it's all right for you. But 
No, it's not all right for me. I did the work. I nearly said a swear word. Um, I did the work. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, does it have to get so bad that we're having terrible black thoughts? Does it have to get so bad? Why do we make things so big? And it starts off, it starts off with mindset, I believe. If you're listening to the news or listening to gossip and getting engaged in that negative stuff, that's really not useful. Where is that taking you? What purpose does it have? And, and, but, but then shifting that focus and making sure and being intentional with what you fill your mind. Then it becomes, all the stuff becomes easy. It is easy. It's not hard. I don't buy anybody's boulder bash on that. Yeah. Because it is. It's easy. If I can do it, anyone can do it. The only thing that's hard is getting over yourself. Yeah. Weight loss, getting fit, getting strong, um, building a career, deciding to take, is it scary? Yeah, it's scary. Is it hard? No, it's not. It's one foot in front of the other. But you don't come into something, a project of, weight loss or fitness or maybe starting your own business. You don't come in and thinking that you're going to get results in 30 days, do you? You know, but this is what people do. They come in and they, they want the results like last week. And then in a week when nothing's happened, or, or let's, let's give it, most people give it about nearly three months, nearly three months. And then when they don't see the results on the scales, bah, they're out. Yeah. Well, what about all the non-scale victories? What about how you're feeling? What about how you're looking? What about the tape measure? What about the photos? And anyway, who gives the stuff? Because how you feel is everything. How are you relating to other people? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really cool because um, we're both involved in a, a women's networking group. And we'll give them a plug, Venus. And <laughs> I was at the facilitators training because I'm taking over um, facilitating the group. And... We went through the Venus values, which are very, very similar to mine. And it gave me a reminder to check in with myself, really, about when I'm talking to people or about people. Am I being loving and acting lovingly and with respect? Am I working within my own integral bounds? You know what I mean? It's like sometimes I think we can forget that and get caught up in, in um, life. It's easy to get swept away with that stuff isn't it? And anyone could be forgiven for doing it, but what you can't be forgiven for is continuing. You've got to check in. You've got to get a check up from the neck, from the neck up and get rid of that stinking thinking. I know that you knew I was going to say that at least once. <laughs> yeah. So it's just being kind. And first you've got to start off with being kind to yourself, right? We're our own worst enemies. And we had a little chat, um, everyone, before we started about how we make everything so big and so hard and we live our lives in fear. Why does it have to be that way? We can decide in a moment and we can plug ourselves into some sort of a support system or some sort of community to get us out of that funk and move forward to where we want to be. If you're hanging around with negative Nancy pants, you're not going to get there. You've got to find positive Pauline or positive Pam for Bridget and you've just got to like do it, link arms with a positive, like-minded community, whatever, if that's online, fine, and then just move forward to your goals. But that brings me to another point, I'm jumping all over the place today, but connection, yeah. connection. People try to go it alone, eh? Like, yeah. even with fitness, there's so many programs out there, 
um, that offer online stuff, as do I, because if that's where somebody is and you've got an opportunity to educate somebody uh, or shift their thinking to going out and actually connecting with people, because we're social creatures, we need that connection. We need touch, and not just physical touch, but we need like real relationships, like looking into somebody's eyes so that you can feel what they're saying, not just hear what they're saying. Because when you just hear it, it goes in one ear and out the other. But when you're looking, like we are now face to face, you feel it from here, right yeah. from the heart. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I like to bring into my sessions as well. It's like bringing in that love. Um, and I know it sounds a bit corny, but it's actually, who cares if it sounds corny? It's true. We need that connection. And connection and community is what drives us forward in any area of our lives, whether that be health and fitness, business, um, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I would love for you to share your journey. And I know you've shared this a bit before because it's such a powerful... I get the tissues out. <laughs> but happy. I told you I was prepared. It ends well. It's a ending. Um, yeah, I would love for you to share your story because I think it gives you so much power as well because you have actually done it yourself. You know, you're not one of these personal trainers that was always, always just had a perfect body. And you know, what you do see from time to time, you see people that just never had an issue. But the fact that you've overcome so much in yourself in order to do this for others, I think is so amazing. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a, a few journeys in my life. Um, and, and it's quite funny because some, some people might resonate with this. So I, I grew up, um, I'm the oldest of five children and I'm an immigrant. So I was born in Scotland and my parents brought us over. Um, when I'll, I'll skip the childhood bit because there's some stuff that happened in my childhood that was not um, nice. wasn't nice, right? So, um, and I think that most of us, I think there's one in three of young girls are, you know, abused. And um, let me just interject there that when I tell the story, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me or bad because I now believe that things happen for you, not to you. So this next bit when I share some of my journey is not about, oh, woe is me and that was really awful. Because if I hadn't have been through the stuff that I went through, and I would not arrive at this point today, I love who I am and what I'm about now. You know, it's just life is exciting, life is vibrant. So I want to start off on that note. Yeah. So my mother um, was really checked out. She was an alcoholic, so I had an alcoholic parent for um, my life, and did the best that she can do. So bless, I always think, have compassion. You don't know what's happened in somebody else's, you know, life to bring them to a point. Um, but I didn't feel that way at the time. I was very resentful of my mother. But anyway, so I struggled with my weight in my late teens. I was always up and then I was down. I was always doing diets in my 20s. Um, I found aerobics and absolutely loved that. And just from adding in the movement, I didn't know a thing about nutrition. So I was still like, you know, eating junk food, but exercise, because I hadn't been exercising before, because I'm not a sporty person, I've never been into sport at all, didn't like it, didn't feel confident enough or that I was good enough to play with other people in the team, that's a whole other story. So yeah, the issues of um, low self-esteem and you know, really not liking myself, um, I was a bully to my siblings, 
So not a very nice person. So when I met Group Fitness, and um, when was that? It was in the late 80s. I think I just had my first daughter, and I turned up for a, um, uh, it was called Streamline Fitness. It was around at Gracefield in Lower Hutt. And um, I turned up for this interview to, to teach aerobics with my three-month-old baby in there. And I was like, you know, went in there. And this girl watched me, and she never got back to me. That slammed my confidence. Absolutely slammed my confidence. But anyway, managed to find another place, and it had um, Les Mills Group Fitness. And um, man, best group fitness classes ever. Just absolutely loved it. Got into that. And I knew that my confidence wasn't right up there. <clears throat> and this is the one thing. I always believe that somebody has been guiding me on a journey. Because when somebody's really frightened, they tend not to take action. But I've always just, at some point, it's gotten so bad that I've just gone, boom, I'm jumping off the diving board and into the freezing cold water. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So they were having an instructor's course at the gym that I was at. And so I did it purely to improve my own self-confidence. I didn't feel so bad. Yeah, and they asked me if I'd teach a, um, a program. So I said, okay. I remember, I'll never forget my first class. I was driving over the Wainui Hill or teaching a little gym over there. And if there hadn't been a medium barrier on that road on the way up, I was so scared, Monica, I would have just turned around and gone and not shown up. And I got over there. These are the barriers. You have to put yourself in front of this, these type of situations to grow. I got over there. I was absolutely popping my pants, right? <laughs> And these ladies, because the previous instructor had a very strong connection with her, and this is what we, what I, what I'm talking about with women sometimes. Um, they were absolute be archers to me. They made it quite clear that I was not going to take her place. And I thought it was awful. My first class was absolutely awful. You didn't, there was no support. There was definitely no show of love or generosity of spirit or any of that stuff. And I thought, right, stuff you lot, I'm coming back. Yeah. So when I left there, yeah. <laughs> years later, they all had a little morning tea for me and, you know, threads. And, um, but isn't, isn't that, that's the way, isn't it? So let me cut a little bit of time out of there. Um, years later, um, I, I decided to come, become a personal trainer. And the gym that I started my group fitness career, very supportive people, I'm forever grateful to um, Gavin and Melissa Marshall because they really were a, um, an integral part of my personal development. Um, great people to work for, really into developing people. So they allowed me to work part-time on reception. Um, I worked on the gym floor as a jimmy and then I got more hours and um, they supported me in getting my personal training papers. So I was 38 years old, went back to school, had no idea like this, like did it all um, extramurally too to get my personal training uh, qualifications. <laughs> we used to have to go into the Wellington School of Medicine and sit around a, a telephone on a conference call. There was none of this stuff, internet <laughs> and video. That was 1998. So um, I did my papers like that. It was really cool. Um, so I met my um, my partner, my son's um, father, and um, it was all sunshine and roses at first. And then um, I, I have a, a history, I had a history of choosing partners that were not the best. I would see the best in them. They would not show me the best of them. So 
we'll leave it at that. Well, that's a whole nother podcast that we can talk about um, domestic um, abuse and stuff like that. But at the time, um, we were together for about um, nine, nine and a half years. And in that time, um, we had my son, who's turning 16 on Monday. And um, it was a really difficult time. I, was, I went back to work almost immediately. Things were not great at home. We had four teenagers. We were a blended family, newborn baby. After I'd had him, I dropped all my weight because I was so stressed. I worked right up. And when I went back to work, I was working split shifts. So I was working 60, 70 hours a week sometimes doing split shifts because as a manager, I was managing. So I'd worked my way up to manager. And um, I ballooned. After I had that baby, I just ballooned. I was huge. Trying to squash myself in, camouflaging it by wearing big clothes. Um, and you've seen my before photo. And, you know, it's, it's got a, for anyone that's interested, it's a photo of me. Um, at, at a point I just lost my mum and I was sitting there with a glass of wine and a smile but I, I don't know if you remember my presentation Monica and I just said look at that woman and look into her eyes yeah there was no hope she hated herself she hated her life I could not see any way out I was embarrassed and ashamed of my size because of the industry that I was in and yeah it was just, it was absolute, it was a nightmare. Holding it together right now. Mm. So I, I got started on a um, nutrition journey. I was already doing all the training and nothing was working. I was 42 years old having this baby. And this is one of the things that I've learned about women get into their 40s. And they're presenting with different, um, their bodies are going through a different time. And it's not responding to the same things in the way of exercise and nutrition as it was when I was 20 or 30. Just wasn't responding. And because there's a lot of stuff going on and you're going through a lot of changes. And um, so I really started focusing on nutrition and mindset and uh, started my journey from there. So that was 15 years ago. Um, I lost three dress sizes and 78 centimetres of body fat in less than 20 weeks. Now, this is really important for anybody out there struggling with their weight. I did not lose any kilos. Mm. Wow. So who cares? Yeah. No kilos. You just get clever about what you're doing. And, you know, it's, it's turned everything around for me because engaging into the mindset has been the biggest turning point for me, really. Um, it allowed me to leave in a relationship that was serving no party in that. In that. So there was five children and two adults and the, re, the, the, the dynamics were not working for anybody. And, you know, with love, I had to let it go, although it wasn't with love at the time. Because, you know, if anybody's been through a breakup and it's nasty and there's been some domestic violence and there's all this hatred and blame and shame and all the rest of it, but really, at the end of the day, what it represents is two people on two different paths trying to make it work, and it's never going to work, and the frustrations around that. Um, I'm never going to excuse bad behavior, but I think equal, um, equal responsibility needs to be taken by all parties. Yeah. Um, and sometimes things come to an end. Um, so we now co-parent our son, and we get on like a house on fire. But isn't that great? Because at the end of the day, if two people end in hatred or scorn, 
and they keep it that way, who wins? Nobody wins. Least of all the kids. Nobody wins. And, and I really like that. I like to think about, okay, so who, who's going to lose if I don't do this? Who's going to lose if I don't do that? So my actions, because our actions that we take, each and every one of us, has, has cause and effect, isn't it? So if I do something, it's going to cause something that's going to affect somebody else, not just me. So it sounds like a big weight, but it's actually not. It's a good way to live your life, if you think. Just be the best that you can be, and part of that is looking after your body. You know, we're given this vehicle in which to run our lives and live our lives. And okay, weight loss is not a thing, and who cares if you've got body fat? But you know what? If it's weighing you down one way or another, then do something about it because life on the other side feels amazing. Lightness, I think sometimes too, I know for myself, carrying all that weight um, was not about overeating or not exercising. A lot of that was emotional. So it's protective. So you've got to protect, that, that's what it was for me. This protective layer that nobody can get in and nobody can hurt me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so many people who are struggling with weight, um, you know, I'll, I'll find that, that's what I said before, yeah, come to me for weight loss, but let's have a chat, and I've always got a box of Kleenex, because everybody cries when they come to see me, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's not even about weight, it's about some people who are just so limited in their movement, and they can't do the things, and they're only 42, 43, you know, young, and I just go, let's look at this, 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 how that's operating. Um, we'll look at the mechanics of the. I'll take them through um, a couple of um, simple movements, explain to them why that's not happening and what they're doing to actually make that worse. Cut back on that. Let's do a little bit of this until we get that working properly. Then you can go back to doing that. Yeah. Freedom. And so people who, get, who gain more mobility sometimes are the more excited than the people that lose weight. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. 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 Because you know, when you get up off your chair and your back's sore and your knees are sore and you start moving a different way, then things switch off and other things over switch. And it's just, it's hideous. And I've been there myself too, you know, just um, the whole not moving thing. And yeah, I could go on and on and on about that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I just, I just love and appreciate when I send people out invoices, I always put on there, I really appreciate the opportunity to facilitate your journey on this next leg of, of your life because I do appreciate it. I think it's a huge honour to work with people in this space yeah. because it's a very, very personal space because it's never about weight loss and it's never about fitness. As you know, it's not about photography. 100%. Yeah. It's about people, helping people to allow themselves to love themselves again. Mm. Um, and getting back to the weight loss thing when people are banging on about, you know, you said it earlier, uh, oh, well, when, I, when I achieve this and I lose that, I'll be happy. Well, you won't be happy. You've got to be happy right now. That's your first job is to be happy and love who you are right now. Because if you can't do that, if you do lose weight, which it's unlikely that you'll keep it off because the whole self-sabotage thing comes back because, of course, it's got nothing to do with the food and the weight. 
it's got everything to do with loving yourself. It's yeah. so important. You know, I, I just can't stress that enough. I'm underlining it, highlighting it, <laughs> blowing it up on a billboard and putting some flashing lights on it. Love yourself. Yeah. So why mm. do you think? Because even with all my photography clients, the weight thing is the biggest thing. It's the number one reason I get given for why people won't be photographed. I'll come to you when I've lost 20 kgs. And it's like, what is it that people have this idea that it's some magical number that when I, when I look like what, where, why? Like, honestly, every single person, why are we so obsessed with how we look and our weight and why have we tied up and wrapped around our, that around our value and our worthiness? Like, how has this happened that we're so disconnected from the truth of who we actually are that we're looking at our appearance to dictate how valuable we are? I'm not sure. Look, there's a lot of debate around that and a lot of people put the, the responsibility on magazines and airbrushing and all the rest of it. Um, I don't know about that. I, I strongly disagree. Here's my opinion on that. Um, so... Really, it boils down to us and what we're engaging in, really. And if we're engaging in that and measuring up, it's comparison. So comparison is the thief of joy. When we engage in comparison, com uh, comparing ourselves to um, a supermodel on a magazine that's being airbrushed, um, who, who's in charge of that? Who's in charge of that? Yeah. But we're also quick to point the finger and go, it's society, it's the government, it's the magazines, it's the models, it's whoever. And have a look at your fist when you're pointing. There's three other fingers pointing right back at yourself. It always, always, always starts with ourselves. I, I posted on Facebook the other day a really amazing clip by Will Smith. I absolutely love Will Smith. And he talks about respons responsibility versus fault so look it up on youtube it's amazing he goes look it's not your fault um if you had an, an abusive parent and you have these issues from it but it sure as hell is your responsibility to find the tools and the systems to get you out of that so you can live a happy life mm -hmm. it is we all own that responsibility ourselves we can't look to other people to give us edification or healing they can facilitate it yes absolutely but it's nobody else's responsibility but ours it's not our responsibility um or, or um to, to just to reach down and see other people because i've done that in my life oh you're dead come on i'll fix you i can't fix anyone because in actual fact none of us are broken because remember what i said at the beginning of my story things happened for me, yes. not to me. So if you're in a place of, is that your putty tat? Yeah, she's crying outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so if, if you're in a place right now where things could not feel any worse, I'm actually really excited for you because this could be the first day of the rest of your life because sometimes things have to get so bad that something will happen and then you'll start your journey. And will that journey be easy? Hell no. Why would you even want it to be? So, you know, it sounds a bit Pollyanna, I know. Mm -hmm. But 
at the end of the day, in hindsight, and hindsight's always a wonderful thing, I can now look back up my journey and, and watch the path of everything that's happened and the universe or God or whoever you want to call it, conspiring all these uh, events and you know, if I didn't go down that path, it wouldn't have led me to meet that person, which put me in that situation. So I made that decision to take me there, to take me there. Uh, there's a movie called Sliding Doors. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's a really good movie. So the gist of it is, without going into too much detail, so I don't want to ruin it, it's um, a group of people, right, going through their lives, yeah. and then it's giving two perspectives on they make one decision that takes them on a different way and how that can affect your journey. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's quite, quite an incredible um, movie. Um, but if there's always a happy ending. Always a happy ending, no matter what you're going through at the moment. And I know there's some hideous things happening to people out there, really hideous. But, you know, and, and I could get slapped in the face for saying it's happening for you, not to you. But trust me, it is. Yeah. It is. And, um, you know, you, you see so many people who have risen above the worst situations and made something of their lives. Had that, and they'll all say, there's a common theme. If this had not happened to me, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. So, you know, we, we all have a choice. We can choose to be a victim of our circumstances or we can choose yeah. to take it and use it as fuel to take us where we want to be and have an amazing, happy life. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I love ask, it. Let me ask you this. What do you think, like how, when people come to you, right, and they're sitting in your office and they're crying, what do you, what do you think are the most important steps to get you, like literally loving yourself exactly as you are right now? You know, without the, the need for the outcome, without the need for the weight loss or this or this or this, because that's not love anyway, right? That's your happiness attached to a circumstance. But to actually change that mindset now where you can look at yourself and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I, am, I approve of myself. That's a really good question. And I do always, like when, when people come in to see me, and it is an emotional conversation because I can't help people unless I can get in and find out What's really behind this goal? Because I don't believe that goal. Um, but, it, but once they've released it, uh, and, and I've already asked this question, so I just say, like, a, you know, when they say, one of the questions I say is, what could stop you? Yeah. And they come up, usually I get things like, oh, well, you know, maybe the kids will be sick and maybe this, this is, I'm going to predominantly talk about women because predominantly that's how I work. I do work with men as well. Men are a different kettle of fish. Actually, they're easier to train because they just do as they're told. <laughs> There's no resistance there. Um, so, so they'll come in and, and, and I'll say, really, why, why would that, how could that happen? And what, so I'm already giving them solution um, mindsets. I'm going, okay, so what can we put in place? So I want to find out what's going to stop you reaching your goal. I write that down and then we discuss, okay, what can we put in place? So we can get rid of all those objections of what's going to get in. Because with women, they will always put their partners and their children and their jobs before themselves. Mm. So if you do that, and I've done that and sometimes still do, um, if you do that and you fall down because you didn't look after yourself, what do you think happens to that family unit? 
yeah, everything else will crumble too. Correct. Yeah. So um, we've got now an oxygen mask hanging out in the exercise studio because, you know, if, and I'm, I fall prey to this as well, you've got to put your oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. So getting back to the question, that is part of the self-love. So I will leave people, they, they've got to leave me feeling better than what they did when they come in. That's my rule for myself. They have to. I will do whatever it, it, it takes, but, but in an empowering way, because it's not for me to do a song and a dance and make you laugh, but really just to have a real conversation. And I do shoot straight from the hip, always with permission, because I'm, I'm going to coach somebody through the stuff, because it's not about weight loss and fitness, is it? Just right. like photography, it's never about that. Um, so people want to come to me for coaching. I'm not going to fluff your pillows. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, you're not going to win any, you know, any any uh, little victories if I fluff your pillows and go there, there. But the question that that, um, that you asked me, I, I'll say, what is something that you can do today, right now, that will make you feel better about where you are? So I'll, I'll um, get them to tell me. I won't tell them about finding something positive about themselves, but I'll ask them to tell me. What are three things that you really like about yourself? Yeah. And what's the things that will stop them from, you know, being consistent on their journey? I say, well, let's give yourself permission right now that you're going to fail. Because you are. We never start a journey on anything and it just goes on a nice straight uphill incline. There's all these squiggles, there's some drops down and there's some up. So why can't we just accept that it's going to be like that and just have some fun? Yeah. Instead of getting to a weekend and you've been invited to a 21st and a wedding and you've bored yourself and you're drunk, dr- you know, drunk heaps and then you come on Monday and go, oh, I had a shit weekend. Yeah. Did you really? No. Is that real? Yeah. Because you had a really good time at that 21st and at that wedding and you drank, you drank the wine and you ate the food. Yay. It's Monday. Come on, let's go. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. people do, and that's when they will fall off the wagon when they've had, you know, and we have this, we have these events and celebrations and we choose and a lot of people will just go, oh, well, well, I'll just have the food and have the drink, whatever. But this is about creating a lifestyle, not going on a diet or a six-month fitness binge. This yeah. is about doing what you need. It's like brushing your teeth. It's like combing your hair. It's like you've you got to do it every day, right? So what are you going to do every day? Those are things that happen in between life, right? Yeah. But life happens every day. And, um, yeah, so it's just like, okay, well, what can you do today? I had a lady in for the first time on um, Monday. And um, young woman, gorgeous. Um, When I say young, she's in her early 40s. Um, But moving, feeling like she's, she feels like she's moving like an old woman. So in one session, we got her moving. And now here's a little health tip for everybody. So what we all know, right, that water is the best and freest thing that you can do to help with everything to do with your health, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I got a text. I sent her a follow-up text because I said to her, how much water do you drink? She goes, oh, not very much. I said, how much is not very much? And she said, oh, probably, you know, one of these bottles, 750 mils, right? And I said, you need to probably have about two liters because water composes 22% of your bones. It cushions your joints. It helps with digestion, blah, blah, blah. 
yeah. if anybody wants what that does they can reach out to me and I'm happy to give them that information so um, she drank two liters of water in this one day which I wouldn't recommend going from doing 750 to two liters but she felt amazing she said more energy and her joints didn't hurt mm-hmm. so she, she left feeling better and looser through her hips on the Monday. And on the Tuesday, she felt amazing because she drank the water. So she got two days of amazingness, yeah. you know, because somebody, I just didn't buy the woe is me or this is my thing. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So just one simple thing. What's one thing that you can commit to for the next two to three days that's going to make a profound effect on how you feel about yourself? Yeah. And it's also about engaging. Um, and when people work with me, I've got a support page and there's lots of that sort of stuff in there. Not everybody engages with it, but it's there. Yeah. Um, again, I will provide the resources, but I don't fluff pillows and go in there and go, come on, guys. You know, I'll do a little bit of that. But yeah. at the end of the day, who's in charge of your results? That's it, yeah. So how do Not you... Me. How do you um, empower your clients to actually work on their mindset because at the end of the day i feel like self-talk is the biggest thing right if you're alone with yourself and ten thousand thoughts a day or whatever and if you know eight thousand of them are about feeling not good enough and not worthy and just reinforcing how oh i'm so stupid and i'm 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 so useless or whatever so how do you empower your clients to actually start shifting that so that, yeah, they come back from the 21st and they've gained two kgs of champagne at weight, you know, and then yeah. they're not beating themselves up. They're not, yeah, they're not like feeling unworthy or like they've failed somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest here. I have absolutely no control over that. Yeah. None. Yeah. That, that really is up to, to the person. Like, like I said, I can provide the resources and encourage people because mindset, that, that's the philosophy that I teach through. It's 100% mindset, 80% nutrition and how you're nourishing your body. And 20% is the exercise part, moving your body and having fun. Yes, it's important, but most people will put 100% into that yeah. and they'll put 20% into the nutrition and nothing into the mindset, most people. I think it's getting a little bit more common now that people understand what mindset is. But I do find that when people come to see me, they, like I say, engage in personal development and they don't really know what that is. So I'm going to define what personal development is. So personal development is engaging in some form of uh, maybe reading or listening to podcasts or getting a coach to sort out your things it's it's developing you as a being so that you can remember who you really are because i do believe that we're already all there but we just forget who we are so i guess my job is really to facilitate and provide resources to allow them to actually be who they are yeah yeah so um that didn't really answer your question um (laughs) But uh, I guess it's just encouragement and also um, by modeling that behavior too. I, I do personal development every, or engage in personal development every single day. Mm. And when people say to me, well, it's all right for you, I just go, do the work. That, that's three words, do the work. Yeah. If you want what you say you want and if you want to be where you say you want to go, then do the bloody work. Yeah. 
<laughs> bets forwards. <laughs> no, but I, I love this because you've mentioned this a couple of times around how people have, people will say to you, it's easy for you, right? And I think this is so important because people do, they look at people that are out doing things, writing books, starting businesses, going on podcasts, and they think, oh, well, it's easy for you. That's why you do it. No, it is not easy. You had a nervous pee before this interview. <laughs> the same, like when I, my very first podcast that I made, I didn't even post it. I almost had like a panic attack. I was, so, I felt so vulnerable and so um, like, the fact is that this is not censored. This is not filtered. This is a conversation. This is our honest thoughts coming out, you know, out into the world and we just see what happens. It's not a Facebook post that we've carefully written and deleted things from and edited. There's fear in that. There is massive fear. But like you say, when you want the things, you do it anyway. You find a way to build yourself up a bit more. You, you start to look at what you think your purpose is and, and your strengths are and all that sort of thing and your bigger purpose, your bigger vision in order to actually show up even though you're freaking out or you might feel really scared or insecure. What are we scared of? What yeah. are we scared of, Monica? I think the big thing that people, uh, for me, anyway, with the podcast, it was it was rejection. And what will people think? What will people think? I am not qualified to, it was the imposter syndrome stuff, you know, what qualifications do I have to have these conversations? You know, why would anyone listen to me? All that kind of stuff that came up. And then, but then what happens is, obviously, when you do it, you put it out there, you absolutely grow as a person, first and foremost, which is the best thing ever. But then you start getting feedback from people and they relate to what you're saying. And it's like, we need to have these conversations. We absolutely must have them. And look at all these incredible people that have come on this podcast. Like you said, all of them have come from, have come through massive struggles, massive hurdles. And exactly like the Will Smith thing, you know, at some point have decided this has happened for me. This is going to be a platform that I use to leap into the next thing. Um, it's like it, it defines your identity and you start to realize, okay, I'm here for something big and that's why this has happened for me in order to, to build me up for this next phase. And it's like, but it is scary. It is so scary. And I oh, think yeah. it's like, it's so easy to sit and have these positive chats and especially when you get around people who are awesome. And it's obviously so important to focus on the positive, but I also don't want people to think that anything comes easily, you know, like Oh my God, can I share something with you? Every time I do an advertisement for a group or put something, you know, to, to, um, to put out there what it is that I'm doing, yeah. I crap myself every single time because what's the one thing that I get, uh, the objection that I get first and foremost? Money. Yeah. People yeah. want it all for free. Yeah. They want it all for free. And that's actually really scary as a, as a trainer. Um, because I'm worth every single cent, you know, like this is, this is work that I have to do around, but that's kind of like balls down to the rejection. And I've been doing some work on that lately because at the end of the day, what I give is worth far more than what I charge. Yeah. And I absolutely hundred percent believe that. And I know that you've gone through a similar journey, um, with in your photography business and it's like, you've really got to stand in your power. Um, and it's never, ever about the money with these people. I just don't get, they don't give me the opportunity to have the chat 
because it's not about the money. It's really 100% the fear of not um, reaching what they think is their goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like so, a great form of sabotage, though, doesn't it? Like, because if they, they know that if they show up, they give you money, they are then going to have to confront things that they are not comfortable dealing with. So it's way easier to go, I just can't afford it. And then they don't have to feel, they don't have to feel bad because, you know, they, yeah. they can use that as a, as a valid excuse. And a lot of people around them would say, oh, yeah, that's fair enough. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, because, and because you can go and join a boot camp for not a lot of coin, but there's a difference to um, joining a boot camp and then having somebody love you all over in, in, a, in a not weird sense. <laughs> but yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. that, that, is something, um, that is something that I've had to do some work on, and that boils down to a feeling of deserving, but also um, an overwhelming responsibility to feel that I should be helping everybody. I don't want people to feel... This is a phase that I went through. I wanted to help everybody so that they didn't have to go through what I went through. But do you know what? I would be robbing those people of an amazing part of their lives if I went around trying to fix everybody. But anyway, what I have learned is that when you help people who don't really want the help, you become the perpetrator and they, yeah, you, you, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. The person has to be ready. It's the old adage, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah, I love and it's the same for all of us. And there will be some people listening to this podcast that this will absolutely piss them off because they go, oh, what is she talking about? No, because we want to hold on to our victimhood, don't we? It's like, well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Her situation's not as bad as mine. And so we go in this whole turmoil of like, well, my shit's worse than her shit. And how, what would she know? Do you know what I mean? Crap is crap. Crap is crap. But, if, but getting back to the self-love thing and being kind, um, one of the things that, that um, I like to encourage with people is to practice that in every part, not just with yourself, but with other people. And remember I spoke about the JK Rowling thing, and particularly as women, that we're so quick to pull each other down and we should be lifting each other up. Yeah. Because in lifting somebody else up, you're raising your own self. And you're shining your true and your inner self out. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. You know, we all have our moments when we can engage in something that's not. But I, I give people permission to, like you, Monica. If you hear me engaging in that, you have full permission to say, "Is that acting lovingly?" Yeah, and I would anyway. Is that useful? <laughs> Where is that taking you? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Because it's really easy. It's really easy to slip into it. But when you put somebody else down, you're, you're actually doing more damage to yourself than to that person. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing worse than that feeling of betraying yourself. And when you do something like that, that goes against who you actually are. It actually makes you feel sick because you're like, that's not an extension or a reflection of the person that I actually am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's going back to being being ruled by your gut too. Because when if you're engaging in something and you've got that butterfly in your stomach or that feeling of dread or tightness in your chest, then that's your inner being, your God, your whatever you want to call it, screaming at you, going, "Come on back, yeah, bring it on back. This is not who you are." Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's 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 just amazing. Um, we we actually all have that guidance system in us at, at all times. When we learn to listen to that, life goes through a little bit smoothly. But we're so wrapped up in fear and overwhelmment, and and and, and like and I do look, don't get me wrong. I'm not going through my life going woohoo, everything's fine. Everything is not fine. Yeah. But I get up every day and I make a decision every day to put a smile on my dial, get a check up from the neck up, get rid of that stinking thinking, and just to make the best of what I've got on the day. Yeah. You know, that's all, we can, that's all we can do. And it sure beats the alternative because, you know, there's been time in my life where I couldn't even leave the house. Panic attacks and, you know, just not wanting to even, wondering if what is life all about if, if I'm too scared to do anything or if I just don't have the energy. You know, when you're in that state of depression, you just you can't think straight. You can't, everything's like you're living in a dark room with no lights on does, does that make sense? It's like there's many people um, have different experiences around that, but just the whole lack of energy, and that can change in a minute by just getting out the door and going for a walk to the letterbox and back, if that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. I um I take one of my morning groups, and there's um a, a beautiful native bush um right by where I live, and I make them run up this. There's a little track it's called the Horoeka Reserve it's absolutely beautiful it's all native bush and it's just gorgeous there's little fairy houses in there and I make them run up one side and walk through the other um, and, and we were talking and it's like you know if people suffering from depression generally they will isolate themselves and stay indoors I know I did and but if somebody just goes and knocks on the door and takes them by the hands and come on we're going for a walk you go up into a bush and the quiet and little streams and birds you can't, it's physically impossible to be depressed. Yeah. Seriously, I would challenge anybody suffering from depression that wants to prove me wrong to find a piece of bush, go for a walk and get back to me. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Okay. There's a challenge. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I honestly, you have to come back. This conversation has been phenomenal. I feel like we've only just scratched the surface. So absolutely, plan B, part, plan B, part B, whatever. Yeah. Um, I want to, we need to wrap up in a sec, but I want to ask you one question first, which is, sure. it's going to be a big one. Are you ready? <laughs> Do I need my tissues? No, no, no. You're good. You're good. So, okay. With all these experiences that you've had in your journey, in terms of self-love, what has been the biggest thing that you have learned about yourself? Hmm. The biggest thing I've learned about myself I have learned that I have a really huge capacity to love, no matter what. Yeah. And that's just not a gift that's reserved for me either. Each and every one of us has that, but that's what I've learned about myself. Yeah. But my huge capacity for love, really, um, when I learned to open that to myself, that's when everything changed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I quite often say, I'm amazing. Or people will say, you know, you're so awesome, Martin. I go, you're so right. And I'm not joking because I think I am. I, you know, I, I, for what I've achieved, I'm actually really proud of myself. Yeah. And that a lot of people would like, oh, tall poppy, you know, oh, she loves herself. Yeah. Hell yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. I have moments where I come off that path, but that would be my biggest lesson. 
my biggest discovery is my huge capacity to love. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just want to give a massive thank you for being here and, and for being so open and so vulnerable. And also for all the work that you do with your clients in terms of sharing your own story and setting such a powerful example of what it is to love yourself, what it is to look after yourself, what it is to turn things around and choose whatever you want, you know, choose to stay positive no matter what's going on. I think you're such an incredible light and an incredible example of how life can be lived. So thank you so much. Thank you. Love you. I love, love you too. Mate. Now you made me cry. <laughs> well, it wouldn't it's be to make you cry, would it? <laughs> no, it doesn't take much. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. And we will absolutely have to reschedule part two. Oh, man, we're just going to do the red chair. <laughs> I reckon, let's, let's. Oh, no, not the red chair. That's Graham Norton. We don't want to do the red chair. Red table. <laughs> red, red chair could be fun, too. We'll see. Absolutely. We're knickers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, on that happy note. <laughs> yes. Okay, thanks very much for having me, Monica. It's been fun. We're definitely going to do it again. Well, my pleasure.